It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through right now, it. the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Say, objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, attorney general stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So, listen. We just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards, and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam? Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. 
Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. We kick off another week of... uh, Great uh, conversations. That that was a fun little piece from uh, Attorney General Dana Nessel. We have another one of those coming up during the uh, show today. But some great guests, to be sure, in the uh, third half of our three-hour tour. We're going to talk with um, author Layla Tariff, who is uh, got a new book out called Strong Like Water, How I Found the Courage to Lead with Love in Business and Life. And she's a uh, human resource executive. We're going to start out with a uh, job coach here in a minute or two, but uh, we're going to talk during the second hour of our three-hour tour. We have coming up um, a conversation with uh, Renee Jefferson, who wrote the book Shortlisted, about women who were on the shortlist to be appointed to the Supreme Court, but were never actually seriously considered we're going to talk about what that means in her book shortlisted coming up in the uh, as i said in the second hour of our three-hour tour but first we're going to talk with um stephanie heath coming up in just just a minute or so Uh, she's a top career development coach and we're going to talk about linkedin and job searches and what people should do to better position themselves uh, in their job searches uh, and and so on. So um, I hope you'll uh, I hope you enjoy all of those things um, that are coming up on uh, today's edition of the show. It's a little dreary out this morning. I'm I'm having a tough time getting started, but we're going to kick it off anyway with Stephanie Heath, and hopefully she'll have a little more energy than I do this morning. So, don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse. Here's, uh, we start out my conversations uh, this morning with job coach Stephanie Heath. Hey, welcome back everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is a top career development coach who has... um, aided uh, with Fortune 500 companies like Sony, tech startups, and others um, in uh, recruitment. And uh, she's going to share some tips on, uh, well, people that are looking to change careers or boost their careers. We're going to talk a little bit about that with Stephanie Heath, who joins me by phone. Good morning, Stephanie. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Um, let's let's talk about the the need for I don't know tightening up your game a little bit if you're um, looking to change jobs or maybe Im- or maybe find a job possibly for the first time. Um, what what are some of the things that that people should be doing? Yeah, um, I would start with 
uh, getting clear on where you'd like to go, and then I'd head, head over to your personal brand. So um, since COVID, we've, we've seen an increase in being able to kind of direct your path, transition to something new. Um, we've just been, we've been able to see, uh, I guess you could say professionals just kind of choose where they'd like to go and just in layman's terms. Um, so getting clear is really important in the beginning. Um, so if you've had sort of like a dream or, you know, you've wanted to kind of pivot into a certain area, now is the time. Uh, and then after you kind of commit and, and get clear, um, that's when you could start working on your personal brand. So that would include your LinkedIn and your resume and maybe, you know, practicing interviewing a bit if you haven't interviewed for a long time. And then um, just after that, just being able to understand what you can ask for on the market in terms of what salary you can ask for and then making sure that you ask for it, maybe a little bit more than you would just so that you have room to negotiate. And um, you should be in good shape. Stephanie, when I was uh, a kid, whenever it was time to go out, and this was, you know, way back in the olden days, um, okay. <laughs> when, you know, when, when it was time to find a job, whether it was to find your first job or to find a new job, we used to do what we called hitting the bricks. <laughs> you literally knocked on people's doors and said, are you looking for anyone? And it, things have changed dramatically. We don't hit the bricks anymore. We hit the clicks. Is online the only place to really do a job search? No, I mean, I think it'll always depend on your location. I love that um, that phrase and that story, by the way. It's so similar, like, you still need to network now, but I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, no. If your location and if you're, you know, your demographic, if you if you're in a small city, small town, America, and um, most people are still putting up flyers and telling, you know, people in their bake sale that hey, I'm looking to hire an assistant or someone to help me. That's fine. Um, I would say the only thing, if you are looking for a new job, whether it be your first or just, you know, you want a new job, just to have a system so that you can hit the bricks in sort of a systematic way where it's not like, oh, on Monday I feel like looking for a, a role and then Tuesday and Thursday I don't. So just maybe try to set a number behind how many places you're reaching out to, et cetera. Is it getting harder to find jobs because technology has has taken over so many things and there are some people predicting that that, that is a trend that will continue to grow? Well, technology is a trend. Um, the tech industry is a huge industry now and it will only um, increase. But um, making it harder to find work, no. Um, potentially someone that may have been a machine operator would want to look into some sort of um, maybe a, a role that's similar. And um, I have a ton of resources just on how to do that. And um, I also want to share that um, I think for a lot of people, the tech industry is kind of just scary. So um, let's say that you're a bus driver, you're, you know, not a white-collar worker, you, you know, you work with your hands, but you hear these stories of people making six figures and, you know, they don't have a degree, but they just happen to, you know, learn how to use JavaScript or something like that. That's like a normal occurring thing. So I strongly recommend that if there's anyone out there that's, you know, in their 50s and they're looking to 
or even 60s and they're looking to kind of segue into something new, um, don't be afraid of tech. Um, I, I do have a workbook called Transitioning into Tech. It's kind of like, just sort of like, um, um, I guess you say an effort of love. Me and my co-authors created it. We created it just for people that are blue-collar workers that are afraid of tech, but it's but um, tech is growing so much that we really wanted to make it easy for someone to get into it. So even if you don't go that route, just look into tech, see, you know, if there's um, something that you could do. And then just the last piece of advice in this area is that every personality type, it works well for. So even if you don't want to be sitting behind a computer coding all day, there's tons of roles. There's IT, project management, there's product. So that's my spiel on, on the tech industry. Are there some good resources, and, and, and certainly, Stephanie, you would probably be one of them, to... I don't know, sort of map out a trans- transition. We've seen a lot of businesses go out of business during the uh, the pandemic, certainly. Um, but I, I was thinking of some of the, the big industry changes like we've seen in the auto industry where um, robotics has replaced a lot of workers on the line. And I remember in uh, in my home state of Michigan, um, efforts to try to move auto workers into other careers in technology, in healthcare. Um, are there are there jobs out there that that people maybe can more easily transition to than they think initially? Yeah, and um, honestly speaking, in my opinion, that that is the tech industry. So. For example, um, let's say you are working in a customer service role now. You can easily, um, you know, join a customer support support team where, you know, you'll be kind of dealing with some tech issues. So even if it's just, um, you know, you, you working at a T-Mobile or, um, you know, getting a quick certification in something, um, that that is just one of the easiest ways to in- enter the industry and then, Two years later, be making six figures, and you know I've seen that happen um, just with my hiring and just people that I know. So, so that would be my recommendation. You know, I've got uh, some notes here that that um, that were sent over to me when we were setting up uh, this yeah. conversation, <laughs> and I keep seeing LinkedIn pop up. Why is that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like the, um, it's, it's your online business card. It's the only, I think it's the largest social media site that, um, just only for professionals, if that makes sense. So, um, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's a social media site, but it's a professional social media site. So, if you're a florist or you are an assistant banker, you want to have a LinkedIn profile up. And it's just, a quick place to apply to most positions, and then also to network online. More with career development coach Stephanie Heath straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Vi from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. 
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with career development coach Stephanie Heath straight ahead. Are there places where people can learn to get better at it? I, like, for example, I have a LinkedIn account, but I haven't done anything with it for at least a couple of years. Um, I get notices from time to time, and I maybe respond to messages and stuff. But, but not. I, I don't really work it like I do, you know, Facebook and and my email and and that kind of thing. Um, are there handy tutorials to help people sort of navigate LinkedIn and and figure out how best to use it to their advantage? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so most of my personal branding work, so most of my um, just LinkedIn, honestly, LinkedIn and your resume, um, I, I have articles on that on LinkedIn. So if you were to connect with me, there's maybe 30 articles on just how to, you know, brand your LinkedIn profile. And then on top of that, LinkedIn does a really good job of teaching you how to do it on your own. So I want to say LinkedIn has a LinkedIn learning site, and um, it's quick and easy tutorials on how to get started and make, make the most use of it. What is the... Um is is there a list of, of, like, the most important things that people should do to better position themselves for successful employment? Mm. Um, yes. So I'm, I'm just thinking, okay, so where should I start? Um, well, like, right. like, for example, Stephanie, it... it you know, grooming and and clothes it used to be a big part of it because you were always going to interview in person. That may not be the same now. So yeah. what what are the things that people need to do? You know, may, maybe it's about branding or maybe it's about networking, but what are the things, you know, some of the most important things that people need to consider uh, about themselves to put them selves in a good position yeah so um so and thank you for that clarity <laughs> it's like oh there's you know there's lots of places to go but um we, we can start from the top we can start from um the getting clear um so i, I just, and you know hopefully this isn't redundant but I, I love a systematic approach so let's say you're someone that's considering two to three positions i would maybe write those down um, I would jump on a few informational interviews with folks that are in that field and then narrow it down to maybe one or two roles that you want to target. After that, I would set a goal of maybe applying to, um, you know, anywhere from five to ten positions per day, taking two days off just for mental health and, you know, having a life if you are m- more so aggressively looking for work. If not, then you can scale it back to five a day. Um, but just definitely make sure that you have a set number that you want to target. And then um, with applying, a lot of times, if you just apply to a company, your resume just gets lost in their database. So you want to have some sort of networking strategy in place. For me, I recommend that you do create a LinkedIn profile so that for each position that you apply to, you can you know, do some snooping and try to find, you know, the recruiter on LinkedIn. And most companies have armies of recruiters. So even if you find three and you send a short message to three, that will um, just, I don't know what the percentage is, but that would just increase your interview request um, rapidly. 
And so, you know, having that in place at first, which is just going to be your application strategy. So every day or, you know, five days a week, I'm applying to this many. I'm making sure that I'm um, messaging the recruiters. And then a cherry on top could be, you know, do I know anyone that works for that company? Can I reach out and see? And, you know, having that happen as well. And then organizing your day. So now after that, you're going to receive some interview requests. Um, if you're an introvert or just someone that gets tired, I would maybe try to schedule out your interviews maybe three days a week, taking two days off. You could uh, you could have your interviews um, fall on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays. And then, um, you know, making sure that your virtual interview space is, is nice too so you don't need to be wearing a suit. But definitely have like a button, button-down shirt. You know, make sure that you have light that's catching your face and that, you write down your computer so that they can see you clearly, your background looks nice, your sound is good. And then, you know, smiling. I like to recommend that my clients have sticky notes that remind them to it's, that it's just a conversation. That's all an interview is. Um, nine times out of ten, the company and the person that's interviewing you is hiring you 80% on your personality and how you sit versus your function. Um, and so just enjoy that conversation. And then um, after just being able to understand that you can ask for what you're, what you're looking for. So I know a lot of folks are afraid that with COVID they shouldn't be able to ask for a lot in terms of salary. When that's never going to be the case, you should, you should always just kind of put what you're looking for first. And then the second area is just research what that market would dictate. So if you're in Illinois and you're applying to be a teacher, being able to understand how much can teachers make in that area, you can use PayPal, um, sorry, not PayPal, salary.com or um, payscale.com and Glassdoor to understand that amount. And then maybe tack on 5K or 10K to it so that when the company negotiates down, you're still getting a really good salary package. And that should set you up for success. Um, you know, just have fun with the process. Yeah, you know, a minute ago you mentioned uh, people who might be um, a little introverted. Some people really wrestle with trying to think of themselves as a brand. How, mm. how does somebody start that process and get used to the idea that they are a brand? Um, well, I would say... Um, so I would say, I, I, I guess I would maybe have them look at themselves as a CEO of their life. Because I, I, I wonder if, you know, referring to yourself or calling yourself as a brand just puts too much heaviness and responsibility on you. Where it's like, oh, I have to talk a certain way and have my resume be a certain way. But if you consider yourself the CEO of your life, it makes you kind of, you know, stand up for yourself in the interview process. It makes you speak slower, have a little bit more reverence to yourself. And then when you're negotiating, it, it makes you remember, you know, maybe I want to take my children to Disneyland this year. So, no, I can't take less on my base salary and, you know, more on a bonus. And then just in terms of the branding of it, um, you know, being able to write down your interview answers so that you're always conveying, you know, what you want to convey about yourself. Um, maybe having a personal website if you are someone that is um, in the creative industry, um, maybe with your LinkedIn, uh, posting strategic, um, you know, links to your featured section. 
So, for example, if you are an educator but you want to brand yourself as um, someone that travels a country teaching other educators how to be a better educator, maybe your passion is for K through 12 and, you know, your teacher friends come to you for advice. Do you want to brand yourself as a leader in that space? Then um, being strategic in what articles you're posting, maybe being strategic in how often you're posting on LinkedIn, you know, um, being a resource in that space. So potentially that can kind of bring in that sort of brand to your to yourself. You know, Stephanie, uh, on the subject of, of branding, um, so many people are, they find it difficult to talk about themselves and to really promote themselves. Is it easier if they develop a brand and, and then they're promoting the brand and it doesn't seem so so personal to them? Yeah, and I, I see I see um, where you were going there. Yes, yeah, so I definitely agree. I think that that is probably easier. Even just in, in my life, it's easier to refer to my company than to myself. Um, and then, you know, just maybe even explore, you know, why that would be. Why is it that, you know, some people are comfortable with, you know, pushing themselves and advocating for themselves and taking up space and room, and for you, you're a little bit more humble or just kind of maybe afraid, um, I think that that may be a worthwhile practice. And then um, letting it go because at the end of the day, recruiters and founders and hiring managers, we're all trained to in emotional intelligence. And, and um, you know, typically if you're someone that's more on the soft-spoken side, you know, usually we want to hire you folks anyway because, you know, you'd probably be a better team player than someone that's not. Even if you are answering interview questions by, you know, speaking of, well, my team did, did this or my company did this and we, those are all admirable qualities. So you don't really have to change yourself too much. Okay. Yeah, because I, I think that's tough for a lot of people, you know, to go out and say, you should hire me because I'm the greatest. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm a goat. I'm I'm greatest of all time. Um, it, it's hard for people to do that. And, and uh what are some of the ways that that people can you know push through that is it associating themselves with a brand or like you just suggested Stephanie with with a team or a, a company that they've played a role in and and how do they sell how, how do they get to the point where they can be better and more confident about selling themselves so an easy fix would be to switch out some of their statements. Um, so, so you can start with, um, you could maybe say something like, I led, you know, I managed, um, I was responsible for, I created. Um, you, could, you could practice with a friend. And, you know, if it's true, it's, it's true. Uh, but even, even if you would prefer to say, you know, I was lucky enough to be on a team that did X, Y, Z. What happens is that the recruiter and, you know, the founder, they're going to ask you point blank, so what did you do? And that's when, even if you are the type that's more comfortable to just put the team first, your brilliance and, you know, all the amazing things that you did will shine through because you're going to say, well, I, you know, did X, Y, Z and X, Y, Z and X, Y, Z and X, Y, Z. So, um so I guess the short-term fix and maybe something they can try to do is try on some of those statements. But, again, even if you 
you don't quite start with that, usually it's going to come out in the interview process anyway. Should people uh, do kind of a a self-audit in terms of figuring out where they want to go and how they fit into that and and then develop um, a, kind of a, a campaign to go about it? Absolutely. And I think that they should do this self-audit. Um, thank you for sharing that. On the beginning of the process, even before they start applying, so um, there's a market value guide on my website, soworkinselfie.com. It's free, downloadable. And I like to call it the falling in love with you exercise uh, or falling in love with yourself um, just because it kind of quietly asks you, well, you know, what are some things that you're proud of that you accomplished this year? And it's not even just, you know, professionally. It's what did you do that's important? You know, did you have a child with your spouse? And did you, you know... Um, take a course or, you know, took some time away, started saying no more in life. And you get to write all of these things down. And by the end of it, you're just like, oh, I didn't even remember I accomplished this and I, and I accomplished that. And so you'll have two buckets. So you'll have the professional accomplishments and the personal, and then it'll, it'll prompt you to speak to what you accomplished this year and then the last five years and then your entire professional experience. And so what that will do is not only get you to fall in love with yourself, but then it'll um, get you to form the basis of your interview answers of just, okay, you know, this is my professional value. This is what I'm bringing to the table. So you're, you have all of these pieces that you, you have your self-audit written down. You'll be able to kind of speak to the things that you've accomplished. What are the, what are the things that, that um, employers are, are looking for? Um, because I, I think a lot of people try to imagine what they're looking for and they may, they may get it wrong. They may, they may be selling themselves the wrong way. Um, what what are the attributes that companies are looking for? Uh, so generally speaking, most companies, so before, um, so I, I have hired a, a few different organizations, um, so I can definitely speak to that in my opinion. Um, I would, however, suggest that for uh, any job seeker to go to the company site and to look at their company values and just mission statement page and then also just check out the founder and their leadership and then you can you can find out well, what's going to be important because the company like Bridgewater versus a company like Apple they have completely different sets of values like drastically different and then just me you know having hired for Amazon for Sony tech startups every investment bank you can think of um, generally speaking everyone wants to work with folks that are team team focused or team work oriented um, people that are are able to roll their sleeves up and get the work done. You don't need to be someone that works insane hours at all, especially in 2021. Um, but just people that aren't afraid to take on the work, to take on ownership, to own their product, almost as if you function as an entrepreneur in terms of your work product within that team. Um, someone that really doesn't make excuses and... Um, you know, isn't, isn't afraid to kind of, you know, make, make mistakes and to, to grow and to learn. And no, no one's perfect. A lot of these traits we're all developing. Um, but generally speaking, those are the, the, the ones that come to mind the most. And then 
Um, also, regardless of what age you are, emotional intelligence. So being able to know yourself and to to fix what you know your areas of challenge, and then to, to play well with others. How important is it for people to groom their online footprint? Oh, very important. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, even if you're younger or you know you're more mature, um, maybe take a look at your Facebook profile photo. If you're on Instagram and especially Twitter, if you are someone that's targeting management level roles or um, you know any sort of role, if you have a Twitter account. Um, I would highly recommend that you potentially make it private or, um, you know, just go through it um, because the things that you were talking about in t- 2005 versus now, just the political climate, you know, you may want to just kind of go through it and just take a look. Um, and then I-, I have a lot of people in my network that hire for, um, for government and just city and um, state, and they are very meticulously looking at your online profiles before hiring you. Private industry, not so much unless you're being interviewed into leadership level roles, but you, you want to go through everything, for sure. But uh, it's, it's a, a good idea to um, be careful about the things that, that you post. You don't post... Uh, wild party photos and in uh, sunning on the beach and and those kinds of things if you want to come across professionally yeah you just have to make your profile um private and i would recommend maybe changing your last name and even more so than the than the beach photos it's the opinion so uh-huh. just being yeah just being really um, just being, you know, ha- having a long-term thinking approach just in terms of, you know, being a little bit more politically correct, that's going to be really, really important. <laughs> Every once in a while, <laughs> Stephanie, I like to <laughs> post something on Facebook that's a little controversial, and then I make some innocuous comment like, hmm, or imagine that, and then I just watch people go at it in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I could imagine that being very entertaining, but also you have your own you have your own show. But that would be entertaining. I would I would love to just watch people tear each other apart in my comment section. Yeah. But I'm always very careful not to weigh in on those things and not to get caught up in the uh, in the vitriol that that we've seen and, and heard uh, people complain about. Yeah. Well, Steph. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. It can um, it can also drag you into just emotionally. So, yeah. well, Stephanie, it's um, it's great for you to to spend this time with me this morning. I really appreciate it. Um, I I, I want to give you an opportunity, as I do all guests, to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. You mentioned a website a couple of minutes ago. Um, and what is your yeah. website? Yeah, so don't don't be put off by the name. It's on solarkinselfies.com. And um, it's a great resource. I have a ton of free resources on there. So if you are looking to get hired into a, a dream role, you know, that that's an actual real thing, you can. Um, I would recommend downloading my Get Hired Quickly Guide. Um, and it's just helping you stand out from the competition. So it's all the recruiter secrets 
to make your LinkedIn shine, your resume, how to actually get your resume seen and not just apply, and then um, some of the systems that I shared. So you could download that. And um, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, if you ever do create one, it's just Stephanie Heath. Stephanie, you mentioned uh, a a co-author, and I don't have a bibliography in my notes. Do you have a book out? I do, yeah. It's called um, Transitioning to Tech. It's a workbook, and it's on Amazon. My co-author is a tech founder. Her name is Ellie Nichols, and we really did just make it out of love. There's no sort of, like, we're not trying to make money from it, Um, but it is it's just a really good guide for blue-collar workers that have been hearing about, you know, making six figures in tech and how do I get started? I don't have a degree. So that workbook outlines everything that you need to do within one year to get that role. Um, and I love it. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, thanks so much, and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate the time. Take Thank care. You. Bye-bye. Bye. That was uh, Stephanie Heath, and she uh, is a top career development coach and uh, one to follow on LinkedIn, if you're so inclined, or check out her website at soulworkandselfies.com. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Outside.
Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? A COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zondrick. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. 
TheTomSumnerProgram.com Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Uh, I worked as an accountant for a number of years in Chicago, uh, and I had a kind of a strange uh, theory of accountancy. Uh, I had always felt, uh, you know, if you got within two or three bucks of it, <laughs> but <laughs> this never really caught on. And as a consequence, I held a number of different accounting jobs, you see. And it seemed like whenever I would go with a company, uh, they would always be having a retirement party. And I found out one thing. They are all alike. Uh, different people will retire, different people make the speeches. But they all say the same tired old thing. I went to one in Chicago for a guy named Chuck Bedlow. He was an accountant, and he was retiring after 50 years. And first of all, Mr. Clayton got up. He was the president. He gave a little address. Then Mr. Tipton, the vice president, gave a little address. And finally, Bruce Higgins, the head of the accounting department, got up and gave a little address. And he was Mr. Trite. He used every cliche that had ever been used at a retirement party. Uh, and he said things like this. Well, uh, uh, golly, I guess today's the day, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's really going to seem funny, though, uh, golly, walking in here Monday morning and, and not seeing, uh, not seeing uh, uh, Charlie's uh, smiling, happy face there at the desk. I, uh, I got to calling him smiling, easygoing Charlie. <laughs> And I guess most of us had some sort of nickname or other. We used to call him from time to time. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget a... Well, that, that too, yeah. Uh, I'll never forget a kind of amusing thing happened. Uh, I had just gotten out of college, and... Uh, now, what's the what's phrase I'm looking for here? I, I, well, a, a little wet behind the ears, I guess might be the way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was made department head here. <laughs> and uh, many's the night that Charlie and I used to uh, sort of uh, burn the midnight oil, so to speak. So let's really hear it now for a wonderful old guy. Uh, uh, Charlie uh, Bredlow. Bedlow, Bedlow. Charlie? Well, uh, uh, thank, uh, thank you very much, Bruce. Yeah, I've been uh, sitting here uh, listening to uh, Mr. Clayton and uh, Ms. Mr. Tipton and, of course, Bruce here. And through all of their species, one thought kept sort of uh, recurring in my mind. I, uh, 
I think I'm going to throw up. I have never heard such dribble in all my life. I, I don't suppose that it, it ever occurred to any of you that I had to get half stoned every morning to make it down to this crummy job. You'd, uh, you'd, you'd be smiling and easy going if you were gassed all the time, too. But you put in your 50 years, and they give you this crummy watch. They, I try to, try to make a big deal out of it. It works out to about 28 cents a year. But uh, ser seriously, if it hadn't been for the 50 bucks a week that I glommed out of petty cash, well, I, I just uh, I couldn't have made it on the on the lousy salary they pay. Oh, and then uh, someone started the rumor about. Um, Miss Wilson, the, uh, the cashier, and myself. <laughs> and everyone was running, if, uh, you know, when I retire, and uh, she gets back from her vacation in Florida, whether well, uh, we would get married, I suppose, and spend our declining years down there. Uh, she, she isn't coming back, by the way. <laughs> I understand that sweet old Miss Wilson is uh, into this company for about a hundred thousand bucks. <laughs> it's it's a little deal that she's worked out. She either calls it uh, double payrolling or ghost payrolling or some, something having to do with payrolling. I can never make heads or tails out of what she was talking about. Of course, she's uh, down in Mexico with a hundred thou. And I'm up here with this crummy watch. <laughs> so anything that I might say, I suppose, would be sour grapes. One last thing. A lot of uh, people have asked me, Charlie, what are you going to do when you finally retire? Oh, are you going to get a little uh, part-time job in Florida or uh, just a lull around the beach? Or, in other words, what am I going to do? I have some tapes from some office parties. <laughs> that I'm, I'm going to let go for 1,500 bucks a copy. <laughs> now, 
let me let me take that back a minute. Uh, the June picnic may run seventeen five. <laughs> And with the money that I make off of the tapes, and Ms. Wilson's under a thou, I should uh, do pretty good. Thank you very much. Thank you. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. show down here.
It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here.